Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com. It is a second uh, unofficial 40 of the week. That's because signing day was yesterday, and uh, it continued on today because... The Sooners get a big, big signing in Peyton Bowen. Finally makes the switch from Notre Dame to Oregon, now to Oklahoma. Uh, But this time he's actually signed, so there's nothing to worry about. Uh, As far as Bowen is concerned, we welcome in the entire crew. Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Primsbillo is here. And uh, Josh, let's... uh, I'll just admit I forgot to record. Um, we're, we're, we went 30 minutes before I realized we weren't recording. So this is like technically the third podcast we've done this week, but this, this will be the, the third, second yeah. one that <laughs> we, we actually put out. We only did 30 minutes or so before I realized. Hey, every, sometimes everybody makes mistakes, and it but sounds it's like usually Peyton, me. It, well, but it sounds like Peyton Bowen made one yesterday when he committed. I'm going to release a statement Ooh, after the podcast uh, talking about you know how I made a mistake. And by the way, uh, I you know the the response that Peyton Bowen will we'll talk about that. What he tweeted out after it today, uh, he was announced by OU. Then he he did his own uh, statement that he made that was very you know very mature. Uh, but first off, let's get back to yesterday to when Peyton Bowen had two hats on the table: one Notre Dame, one Oregon, an OU hat not to be found. Uh, and Josh McQuistian, I know you were gathered around trying to see, waiting, because you had a lot on the line. Uh, you had two predictions yesterday, Tassili and Akana, uh, one going to Oklahoma, the other being Peyton Bowen. Uh, and it was for a while. It's been a, it's been a rough 24 hours for Josh McQuistian. So what, what were your thoughts as you saw what happened with Peyton Bowen yesterday? Yeah, uh, la- last night may have involved some tequila to, to salve my wounds, but, uh, it, it was, um, it was a tough day, but, you know, to go into the Peyton Bowen announcement, like, you know, it was, and I, Eddie sent me the picture. I didn't see it. He sent it in our little private group chat and he, you know, it was the Oregon hat and the Notre Dame hat. And I thought, okay, it's OU. I, I feel as confident as I've ever felt because I've done a hundred of these things. And basically what happens is it's, in the Denton Geyer helmet, or it's taped to underneath the table, or there's a bag under his feet. I've seen it done a hundred ways. Like there, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. I was like, that Oklahoma hat is somewhere there, and he's gonna he's gonna pick OU. And then he picks up the Notre Dame hat. I'm like, okay. And really, it never occurred to me that Peyton would do any of the hat throwing or the like. That's not the kind of kid he is. We can get into that in a second. But I it. I thought, okay, you know, that's surprising. That's not the way I thought it was going to go, but it was within the realm of possibility. Then he throws that down, which again, I did not see coming and picks up the Oregon hat. And I'm like, this is 
nuclear meltdown. Like my brain could barely keep processing what it was seeing because that was not part of the plan. I had not heard Oregon come up since the talk of the official visit had come along and everybody said, oh, he's going to go up to Oregon. Once that died off, it was like Oregon's not really part of this conversation right now. And I, I just, I don't know. Like it, it was very strange. We can kind of get into some of the dynamics and what kind of led into all that. But it was, um, I, it was, you know, I put it on the board. I was like, this is a jarring and just kind of a stunning deal. And I know people are like, oh, you say that all the time. No, that that was almost like I needed an hour for my brain to just figure out what had happened. Well, and the other bizarre part of it was this was all going on while Brent Venables was having a signing day press conference. I'm sure he probably thought that at some point someone would tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, you've got another player. Uh, and that never happened throughout the press conference. Uh, but you guys, Bob, you and Eddie were, were there kind of watching it go on. And, and I think, Eddie, you said you were even watching it online as the press conference was going on. Uh, that had to be, I mean, that's, that's one of those days that you never really forget when, when something like that happens. Uh, now he, he ends up signing with Oklahoma, but it was, it had to have been just a weird, weird day from that perspective of the press conference. Yeah. Cause like as Brent's about to start, you know, he's wearing that Christmas suit. Like he's, and he's a, feeling a little drippy in here. Like he was on a high, like he oh, knew he said it. He said everything that. was yeah. working out what he wanted it to. And even when he talks about their six defensive backs and counting, it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I know I got another one coming. And then by the end of the press conference, you, you know, you maybe he's starting to realize, like, as we alluded to before, like maybe Hoob's question starts to get the wheels turning for Brent that Peyton Bowen didn't work out. But you give credit to him and the rest of the staff. I mean, you hear something like that, that type of gut punch, and they're not sulking. They're not feeling sorry for themselves. They just go right back to work. And it's clear that type of initiative, you know, it wasn't the thing that catapulted OU ahead of everything, but that type of initiative, that's got to be appreciated the way that they just said, you know what? We are not done yet until that letter of intent is faxed in and Oregon is announcing, I am not throwing in the towel. Yeah, I think it was almost from the moment that he left, which was, you know, I, I guess probably like 1115-ish, uh, maybe 1120 after after Brent got done on, uh, on Wednesday from his uh, press conference on the third floor of the stadium that I think that they went immediately in, but I don't think that it really became real to me because the no hat thing at Peyton Bowen's announcement that, you know, it, it didn't really sink in with me that this was actually a real thing until we started hearing on Wednesday night that, you know, not only was Oklahoma still recruiting him that, Oh, by the way, Oregon's never announced Peyton Bowen as an Oregon never duck yet, as an which I think, you know, it all kind of came to together in about an hour, maybe two hour period from about four to six that it was like, okay, this, this, there might be something there. And then we obviously, you know, kind of started checking in on things. And that's when I think it started to become real that not only have they not sent a fax or, you know, emailed his letter of intent to Eugene, but they're being receptive to the idea of talking to Oklahoma. And I think that that's why, you know, and we talked about this, this previously, we talked about it on Tuesday that there were so many signs that were pointing, uh, you know, solid signs that were pointing to Oklahoma, uh, you know, getting the signature of Peyton Bowen on Wednesday. Well, and here's the thing too. Um, you know, this recruiting staff deserves a lot of credit. This defensive staff deserves, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Brandon Hall, Jay Valai, uh, 
uh, Miguel Chavis. Uh, we all know Todd Bates is an elite recruiter. And then Brent Venables has always been an elite recruiter. Like, you, you now have a staff full of guys, not just coaches, but recruiters, that are not going to take no for an answer. And I'd even throw I've, – I've heard Jeff Levy – played a little bit of a part in uh, the whatever you want to call the period from Wednesday afternoon to Thursday afternoon when they officially got the uh, national letter of intent from the Bowen family. But, I mean, and it goes to show you, like, yeah, they, they didn't have your hat on the table. It didn't affect them. Like you said, they went right back into it. Uh, they started re-recruiting him and, and saying, you know, what happened? Like, where are we on this? Like, we still want you. We still have a plan for you. We need you here. Uh, you know, we, we built this class around you, and they, they slowly chipped away. And I'm sure, Josh, that there were probably some really difficult conversations between he and his family uh, because we'd all heard throughout the process. His mom loved Marcus Freeman, loved Notre Dame, probably you know, spent a lot of time with him being committed there as long as he was, picturing her son playing for Notre Dame, getting that education, all of that stuff. And, and, and she, see, you know, from all accounts, she was dead set on him making that commitment, signing with Notre Dame. And for whatever reason, I think everything got screwed up. And, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier on the pre-pod uh, that, uh, you know, it was a deal where it was kind of a rash decision by Peyton. And, and, and I think that helped the Oklahoma staff kind of get back in there as well, didn't it? Yeah. So what I had, you know, and we had kind of alluded to some of it and some of it like, you know, Peyton's mom and her affinity for Notre Dame. We've been pretty upfront about that, but there was also an element of uh, a lot of belief that his dad wanted him at Oregon. And I had said before, I thought Peyton wanted to be at Oklahoma. And I think reading his announcement on Instagram and Twitter, it was very clear that that was, you know, he was like, I just felt at home at Oklahoma. That's where I felt like I wanted to be. And my understanding is that, you know, you know, his mother had the quote, I think in the Dallas morning news, uh, yesterday afternoon that, you know, we had gotten it down to Oregon and Notre Dame. And again, I, everybody was like, Oh, it just, you know, this was just so wrong from the beginning. And I, I just think it was a deal where Peyton hadn't really, I, I don't know if he hadn't had a chance, if he didn't speak up, I don't know what, how, you know, I'm not in the room. I'm not going to pretend I was. But that didn't add up with anything I understood of the situations uh, from his perspective. So it sounds like mom and dad had kind of gotten their two choices. And I think he was, you know, mom thought he was going to Notre Dame. And I almost get the impression that he put that Oregon hat on to just be like, I'm not doing Notre Dame. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care what else happens. That's not what I'm going to choose for myself. And it just ends up being, okay, you know, mom. if, if mom is kind of the other you know, half to this conversation, which it seems very much like she was, then you get into a deal where, okay, would I rather have him at Notre Dame where I want him to go? Or of the two schools I don't want him to go to, I'm going to have him 5,000 miles away or whatever it is. Um, or I can have him up the road at Oklahoma. Like, I, I think that's what it came down to. And that's kind of what I really thought was going to happen all along. You know, I talked about it on Tuesday uh, in the, uh, the pre, uh, pre NSD pod, just feeling like I thought dad would be happy because OU has an NIL thing together. I thought mom would be happy because OU's closer to home and it's, you know, it may not be Notre Dame, but probably her second choice. And then with Peyton, Oklahoma's where he wanted to be. So when I was talking to people last night, there was just this feeling of like, 
Peyton's just, you know, he, he was really trying to please everybody. And then I think almost during the announcement, it was just like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to Notre Dame. And then after pick. he was done, he didn't want to go to Oregon either. It's like it was like, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Curb your enthusiasm, Larry. Uh, Larry David. Larry David opened David. a spite store. He just made a spite. Yep. Pick. yep. It, it, and it's a good reminder. We're talking about eighteen-year-old kids, man. Notre they Dame do stuff was, like was, this. Notre like, Dame was Java Java Joe's or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh it is like I said. It, it, it was it was a weird deal. There's no doubt about it. But and Carrie, you kind of alluded to it earlier. I, reading his thing on Twitter or, or his social announcement, I was impressed. Like and again, yep. words are words. I get it. But I I thought he took it on the chin. Like accepted. And I and I think what I'm talking about is why he started off apologizing to to Dan Lanning and that whole staff at at Oregon. Because I think they kind of caught it, you know, they got caught in the middle of something they had nothing to do with. They were just recruiting the guy. And he ends up, you know, kind of using them as a tool to, you know, hey, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to go to Notre Dame. That's not where I, where my heart is at. And so I think it ended up becoming a, a very, a very just human situation that, you know, you don't usually see in recruiting when everything's just all smiles and you know, kind of cheese for the camera. It was, we, we kind of watched something real happen uh, in front of everybody yesterday. Well, and, you know, the way the day went, you know, not just Peyton Bowen, but you had Tassili Akana choose Texas, uh, which was kind of a little bit of a dagger. He did that live on, you know, 24-7. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where it, it was, a, and I kept saying this yesterday, I was like, People are going to really get really start to hate me because I'm going to keep reminding them how good this class is. But everybody felt like it just fell apart at the end because they lost those two guys. It it, it felt like they finished with a top outside of uh, the top 25 type class. When yeah. in reality, they were still a top 10 it, class. It's an incredible class, and it obviously got better on Thursday. And a lot of people hating on Marcus Strong because they're like, "This is who we closed with, Marcus Strong." Well, those people like. And that's the thing, like he commits and he got caught, OU fans man. are like having a funeral on social media. And he's like, great. I feel really good about my, you know, my <laughs> choice. I'm glad you guys are so excited about me. <laughs> well, and here's, you know, what Peyton Bowen has done so far. I mean, uh, OU moves from 10 to 7 in the rivals rankings. They're up to number 6 and uh, on 3. They're up to number 5 and 24-7. I'm not sure what ESPN has them at. Uh, they're already 4 they were there. Four already. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were high, kept using they? that one for ESPN. So uh, if they're any better, that that really be something. I think. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say that if they finished in the top three, Tom Luganville was gonna uh, retire, but that would just be the dream. Josh is probably gonna see him out in Orlando pretty soon. Yeah, I might just stay around in Orlando. I get to catch up with my old buddy. Just follow Luke you around. Love Jackson Arnold. Love, love, love Jackson. Can can we stop with this? Every national guy's like, I think he might be the best guy in the country. Then why do you not have him ranked as such? Like, stop <laughs> saying that shit to win favor with OU fans because you're terrified of him on Twitter. Like, don't, like, oh, Jackson Arnold might be the best guy in the country. But we've got him ranked fifth. Well, are, are you the national director or are you not? Like, stop, stop. I, I, I hate that shit. I'm so tired of it. Does everybody have Arch Manning ahead of him? Other than ESPN is the only place that does not have Arch Manning as the number one player and the number one quarterback. Yeah, they have Nelson 
correct? Malachi? Mm-hmm. That is correct. So whatever whatever currency you are a, winning yeah, that, with the Jackson Arnold, you're giving it right back. Yeah, if you wanna, if you don't have Arch Manning above him, then you have no excuse for saying, well, he, he should be the number one player in the country, or he could be the number one player, in, or quarterback in the country. Because of all the guys that are out there, Malachi Nelson, I mean, I don't look at him and be like, you know, he's, I look at Malachi Nelson, and I'm like, yeah, he's got potential, but he's not there yet. Like, he's got, he's got to realize some of his potential. You look at Jackson Arnold, he's just like big, strong, throws the ball fast, good feet. Like, what's the problem? Anyway. Um, so, no, but, I mean, this class put it together. And let me say this. Um, we talked about this a little bit. There's still a name out there that could make the class even better uh, in David Hicks. And I think that's done. <laughs> it's done. We can't, we can't do it. We can't do it, we can't do it again. We can't do it again. We can't do it again. In the pre pod, the pre pod. We were trying to pro radio this. We, 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 uh, I was trying to do the same show over again. We had a battle of sources uh, going on. No, but Eddie thinks that it's done. Yeah. I talked to someone right before the pod. And I think part of it is, you know, the the juice that the staff is feeling right now. But the quote I got was, all hands on deck. And they are going to do everything they can to flip David Hicks before he signs on any dotted line anywhere. And I'll say this, like, yeah, I think that's a coaching staff that is a little bit high on life right now, thinking that they can do anything because they just got Peyton Bowen. But at the same time, if you're an OU fan, that's the staff that you've always wanted. A staff yeah. that just won't give up, that thinks that they can go out and get anybody because it's a, they won't get everybody, but they'll get more than the staff that just is like, oh, it's not realistic. Let's not even bother with it. They're just like, we don't have anything else to do. I mean, until spring football starts, let's go out and try and flip a guy that we don't think we have a chance at. And as they should. I mean, as things turn out, and as bad as things were on Wednesday for uh, Oklahoma fans, you know, quote-unquote, as bad as things were, even though they were really good, uh, you know, the way that things break now, everybody's talking about Peyton Bowen and Oklahoma, and everybody's talking about Oklahoma and the defensive staff that they put together. So, you know, I guess the at the end of the day, you say never say never as far as David Hicks. Unless because, you're Eddie Radosevich. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but it it is kind of incredible that they were able to go in there, especially with how things broke, and I almost think- take don't not take no for an answer from 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 somebody. I think you just watched people pile on Josh yesterday and you don't want the smoke. What? <laughs> the David Hicks smoke. I just don't I You'd don't. rather just crap I'm, on the possibility than take the smoke. Trying to goad you into saying David Hicks is coming to Oklahoma. Like that's what he wants you to say. I think that there's very little chance that that happens, but never say never. <laughs> I was at a point nice 2 days edging. ago where I wasn't going to pay attention. I guess now I'll pay attention. You can pay attention for me because I won't. All right. <laughs> The the perfect way to say it, I was talking to somebody earlier, and it was kind of laid out to me that, you know, okay, you know, A&M's clearly the favorite here. That's what everybody expects to happen. I include myself in that, and I think all four of us do. But what I will say is it was kind of said, you know, I'm at least interested in what's happening. That That's about as far as I can go. Like, let's see if something moves here. Maybe something gets a little interesting down the stretch. But I'll at least pay attention. Like, if he had a live feed, I'd watch it. That kind of thing. Like, beyond that, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not, we, we don't, let's put it this way. For Peyton Bowen, we had a lot of stuff pre-written. David Hicks, we don't have anything pre-written. So, <laughs> you know, th- that is a safe way to put that. 
is is there a signee or something for OU that is in pretty good with Hicks? Cause, I mean, with Bowen, you had the clear connections. Jackson Arnold, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, gonna you know signing for soccer, but with with Hicks, is it just all Todd Bates and the coaching staff just trying to you know entice him and convince his dad, or or, or is he tight with some of these guys? I think there is um, there is some relationship. Like, I mean, David, you know, you got to remember when he was doing the camp circuit, you know, for a lot of the most of the time over the last year, he was in Dallas. So he was around Jackson. He was around Peyton, um, you know, so th- there is some relationship with those guys. And there was a belief that Peyton picking Oregon was actually going to give, you know, a little juice to Oregon potentially landing David Hicks as well. So there's something to that, but I don't think it's enough. Like, I mean, if he makes this decision, it's because Todd Bates, you know, won dad and won him. Um, that, that there's, there's really no other answer to that question, in my opinion. So we'll, well, again, I would watch it if it happened just to see what, what transpired. And, you know, I was there at the first David Hicks announcement. I might as well, you know, finish out the, you know, the whole thing. Um, but I, again, I still expect it to be Texas A&M, but, I have a feeling that Oklahoma is, I mean, they've made a good show of it. Like they, they have fought down to the stretch and I think they have definitely made an impression on David and guys, let's not forget. I mean, this isn't the old world of recruiting. Like if it comes back in a year and David Hicks isn't happy in Texas A&M and he's stuck behind all those other guys or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, don't burn that bridge. I mean, the, these things can come back around. Uh, We've seen it enough. Lanya Morris, Key Lawrence, it's prime examples. You know, the token visit, which I always hated, is that's not a thing. You've got whatever kid wants to visit, however long you want to build that relationship and keep it going, e- even if they don't pick you, you just you do it because one, two years down the road, you just never know what's going to happen now. Well, I'll tell you why they have a shot, I, because I, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher uh, has decided that NIL is ruining football, and they're I, I'm, did, I'm guessing that Texas A&M isn't going <laughs> to partake in it anymore. Uh, by the way, I want to remind you guys, uh, Prime Shrimp. He started it. He's going to finish it. PrimeShrimp.com. <laughs> uh, go check them out. P-R-I-M-E Shrimp.com. Uh, they got the new New Orleans barbecue uh, style barbecue shrimp going right now. Uh, Josh, I know you've had a chance to have it by now, right? That's a no, I guess. Didn't you get it delivered to you, Josh? I did. I had it. Loved okay. it. Sorry, I, you caught me walking away to get my water cup because we know I can't get more than like three feet god, away from you water. You've got to be present in this um, podcast. My god. But I, I, I was. You know, I, this is my second podcast of the day, Carrie. Okay, I'm doing the best I can here. But um, my shitty ability to hit record a... has nothing to do with what you're doing right now. Right. <laughs> Uh, no. But no, I had it. was was really good. I really liked it. A little I bit mean, of kick to I, it. I haven't had anything of theirs I didn't enjoy. A little bit of a kick to it. Yeah, little little di- like, and I, I was kind of interested in what um, Louisiana barbecue was going to be. Like, I was like, I don't really know what that means, but it it was delightful. It's just a nice little. Just a little different than some of the other stuff of theirs I've had. So go to PrimeShrimp.com, use that promo code SOONERSCOOP, and you'll get $20 off your first order of your New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp pack. Uh, also, the uh, uh, French Quarter Alfredo is fantastic. The garlic, garlic herb butter shrimp. 
Uh, or just get the Simply Shrimp, the frozen, unseasoned, and then you can thaw it out and put it on the grill, Bob Prisbillo, a yes, hater sir. of shrimp. Uh, lemon and cracked pepper shrimp pack, uh, check it out. Or you get you know one of the, the seasoned six-pack if you want to go for the straight-up uh, Louisiana flavor. Uh, all there for you on primeshrimp.com. So uh, thanks to them for being a big sponsor of the pod, and thanks to you guys for uh, always uh, supporting them as well. Okay, so we've talked about the rankings a little bit and, and where this stands. Uh, you know, the bowl game is coming up, uh, and I guarantee you're going to watch that game and say, why can't those guys be playing right now? Because they could probably use some of those guys. But Josh, to me, you know, something that, that you know, I think has to be addressed is just what this class means to the secondary. Because now you've got Billy Bowman, you've got Peyton Bowen, uh, you bring in, we haven't even talked about the Pearson kid yet, the transfer from Texas, a and, or Texas Tech. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden, you, know, you got Key Lawrence coming back. I mean, you know, we saw him out there practicing. Looks like he's working hard. I mean, if he can ever be consistent, that's a another thing. But now you, you're 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 looking at a not just a completely different secondary next year, especially in the safety positions, but a secondary with experience, with more talent. Uh, whereas I would say, you know, this secondary you relied on this year either was inexperienced or had experience that just didn't have talent or as much talent. You, you pretty much got all yeah. of it coming up next year. I, I mean, you're talking about seven signees in the secondary. I mean, and, you know, you've got multiple of them, and I need to sit here and go through it, but, I mean, I know Kendall Dolby arrives. Peyton Bowen arrives. Um, Eric McCarty is going to be there, but I, Eric McCarty is kind of an interesting deal. Like, I've got him listed at safety. He could be a cheetah. Like, there, there's a lot of different ways he could go, and I think as he fills out his frame, he may not be a safety anymore, but – I love this secondary class. I mean, it's it was even before Peyton Bowen, I thought it was one of the best in the country. You add him into it. And I mean, in Bowen and Dolby, you've got two guys that are probably capable of starting next year. Uh, you throw in, you know, at corner, Jacoby Johnson, it, I've said it over and over again. He's as good as he wants to be. Like if he wants to be great, Jacoby Johnson, NFL guy. It's just a matter of kind of, you know, and Bob, Bob, turn down your headphones for a second. It's a matter of can he buy into being a football guy rather than a basketball guy? It's just a different <laughs> mentality. It's 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 a different way of attacking things and doing things. It, he's got to make that decision. Like if he wants to be half and half and kind of live in both worlds, I don't know. I don't know where that takes him. Um, but if he'll buy in and be the guy he can be, he he is a second, third round type talent. I mean, like he, he, he is a specially gifted guy. Uh, you've got McCarty Vickers who, you know, Jay Valai. Another mentioned. mid-year. Uh, yep. Another mid-year. You're exactly right. And the guy, and I saw him in person and, you know, he didn't do anything crazy the night I saw him. Josiah Wagner, you know, like another you, you see the, you see those guys that have the, um, you know, that they're, they're always like those pictures, and it's like a picture of some lungs. They got like a dog in him. Like Josiah Wagner is that dude. Like I mean, that kid is tough as nails. And if there was one guy, you know, like in this class, I would say probably along with Lewis Carter. I, I can't include not include Lewis Carter in almost anything. But like just a pure competitor, gonna go out there and just lay it all out every single snap. Josiah Wagner is that guy. He is. He's 5'10", 180, and he'll throw his body into any mix. Like he, He's just that kind of guy. And what I 
what I really liked that I heard about him is I, when I was out there on the West Coast, I was talking to um, uh, to Brandon Huffman, who happened to be there that night when Heath Ozide and Wagner were playing, and we're just kind of sitting there talking on the sidelines. And he was talking about you know Wagner going head-to-head with Zachariah Branch, the USC signee that is just a freak, explosive wide receiver, just going to be a dangerous, dangerous weapon for Lincoln Riley in that offense. But he was like, Josiah Wagner is the only guy I saw all summer that could do anything with him. And that was... I was like, that's, that's pretty interesting. And he goes, it's just Josiah's not afraid. He'll get in there and compete, and he'll push him, and he'll bump him around and try to get him off his route. And other guys were just kind of in awe, and that's just not Josiah Wagner's mentality. So, I, again, I think this whole secondary class is probably the strength of the class, honestly, especially when you throw Peyton Bowen in there. But it is a deep and talented group. Well, and, I mean, for, for just a second – I, I thought one of the great tweets of today, uh, Reggie Pearson, the uh, the transfer from Texas Tech, uh, was it Wisconsin? Was it Tech? I mean, everybody saw him last year. He was the guy that knocked the crap out of Eric Gray, and then on that first play in overtime, he was the guy that socked uh, Dylan Gabriel, and uh, he put out his uh, tweet with video highlights on it of him just killing people, and maybe that's why Dylan Gabriel responded with uh, three sets of eyeballs. Uh, to uh, his announcement that he was coming to Oklahoma. But, Eddie, I see that, and Bob, I see that, and after talking to him the other night at practice, that's just one more thing that makes me think, like, yeah, Dylan Gabriel's locked into this program. 100%. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing that after every transfer, which is kind of, you know, he did it for Stogner. He's done it, you know, McCullough boys. Like, it doesn't have to be offense. It doesn't just doesn't – no matter who it's been, you know, it's the three – eyeball emojis in a row eyeball emojis i guess you can use again though you that one year deadline is now passed you you're you're free to use it again but yeah it, it was weird of course monday that he still won't come out and say it but everything he does outside of that monday interview leads you to believe that he's going to be back and i also like marvin mims's tweet talking about dude he put a video of him lighting you up and you still liked it so but he was just kind of you know joking and welcoming reggie to the family and even reggie responded to it so you know, i don't know if that's a sign about marvin either but i would agree i i would think dylan is definitely going to be back but but bob and eddie i mean and, and josh like this is a very good recruiting class uh and to me it's not just about this season and winning in, in on the recruiting trail, it also kind of sends a message to these guys that are on the fence. Like we're bringing in more quality players into this program. We're bringing in an Austin Stogner. We're bringing in a Jacob Lacey, uh, a Desam McCullough. Like we're getting guys that are going to come in here and make you guys better next year. It, as well, it's everything that you wanted in a recruiting class and like everything Outside of since that that final game in Lubbock from November 26th on, they've done everything that would make you think everything is progressing in the right direction. Everything is going to be okay. Obviously, they got to go out there and take care of things on the field outside of what happens on December 29th. But God, they just need to avoid a beatdown on December 29th. Like, I'm telling <laughs> oh, you, bring COVID to Norman and insert it <laughs> in everybody's bodies. No, it, it but... It does. It, it's kind of a calming effect. And I think that, you know, obviously with what you were able to do on the defensive side of the ball, obviously with, uh, you know, it, not even just the defensive side of the ball, it's this entire class. And then also when you add in what they've been able to do in the transfer portal, uh, Reggie Pearson made his announcement on Thursday. 
obviously a step in the right direction when you're adding depth into the secondary. And, you know, I, I, we continue to hear positive things about Trey Harris, the, the wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. So uh, I don't think that they're done in the, in the portal. It's, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, Josh, you've kind of hinted at this, I believe, in board chat. Maybe there's some guys that are, that are in the playoff that end up hitting the portal that could help you. Uh, so it, I, I think it's, ev- they've done everything. Thursday was kind of the, uh, exclamation point, if you will, for this recruiting class. And, uh, you know, I, I, maybe the bad feelings or the bad thought that you went to bed with on Wednesday night, if you're an Oklahoma fan, uh, it, it's not as bad as maybe everybody else thought it would be, uh, that, you know, everything is going to be okay. And, you know, getting somebody like a Peyton Bowen is just, it's probably even more than an exclamation point. And honestly, getting into the city of Denton with Billy Bowman now and Jackson Arnold and then Peyton Bowen, obviously, it, uh, I don't know. It's not a bad place to be recruiting out of, I guess is probably the best way to say it, especially that North Texas uh, area that continues to grow even further north in Denton, getting all the way up into Sherman with, you know, Xavier and Sims here next year in 2024. And, uh, it just it builds a lot of positive momentum. You know, we're we're going to learn so much about the future of the running back room in the bowl game. But Josh, let me ask you, what does the what does this recruiting class do for the running back room? I I think it's a huge help and I love the balance of these two. Like you get Caleb Hicks, powerfully built guy, you know, really kind in, in a in some ways kind of similar to Eric gray where, but I I would say even probably bigger in the lower body or will be, you know, by the time he's done with Jerry Schmidt, but Caleb Hicks is a big, powerful guy. Never. I mean, he, he won't be dragged down by an arm tackle. He's a big, strong guy, but you know, runs well, gets up field, very decisive. He's not one of these guys that wants to dance or do too much. Like he's just, he's always thinking about the next yard, um, with Dalen Smothers, lot more side to side, a lot of lateral quickness, very dangerous in the open field. And, you know, it'll be, what's going to be interesting with Dalen is I think Dalen absolutely has the ability to come in and be an impact guy from day one. He he's that dangerous with the ball in his hands. He hadn't played football in a year. He had to mm-hmm. sit out the whole year for West Charlotte. So does it take him a little while to get back up to speed? Cause I mean, you guys, you know, we, we've all heard, you know, players that have played at this level, talk about it. Like, you can simulate all you want. It's different when you're just not out there. Like the speed is different. The, the intensity is different. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and how that kind of plays. But you know, guys, um, I I tweeted about it way back during the season. I think I was on a, I think I was in Florida when it happened. I was watching something in, um, it it was a bunch of, you know, kind of Charlotte high school football experts and it got, you know, Dalen got tagged in it. So I watched it and it was a bunch of guys, guys talking about it and they were basically saying that they thought he was a superior back at the same level as the um the the kid from clemson right now the the kid that's starting the running will uh shipley shipley so they had i mean they were like we think he's better and you're like that's these are guys that watch both of these dudes play a lot of football so i, I wonder if dalen smothers is a little underappreciated you know just nationally what about you know a, another position? How how well did they address the linebacker position? And I mean, I, I think you know I know Eddie and I are both really impressed by Lewis Carter and just how he looks. Heat seeking missile. He's he's somebody that you yep. go. Yep, Brent Venables. <laughs> like I I 
I DM Josh almost immediately after he sent back the Lewis Carter uh, video when he went and saw him live. I was like, yeah, that dude. I can see what Brent likes in him. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm Dean. To me, like, Omicio is a guy that looks like he might need a year. Uh, I don't know on, on – is it Picciotti, Picotti? Um, He's, like, the most unknown big-time recruit, I feel like. And maybe it's just because he was at IMG and yeah. the – you know – I. Not necessarily like a... Uh, well, they play those fake teams every once in a while. Yeah, like, it, it just seems like if he was somebody... As weird as it is to say, if he was somewhere else, you would go, this guy's like a big-time dude. Maybe it's just an understood because he's at IMG, he's a big-time dude. But you would think that he would develop really well under Brent. Josh has left us again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Nope, damn it, I muted myself. Sorry. Oh, all right. I was... You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I was right there, ready for a perfect response. Um, no, you know, IMG played in some years. You're, you're right. You know, I mean, they, they had the whole deal with the the Sycamore game last year. But I mean, they played St. Francis in in Baltimore. That is, that's where Michael Van Buren. That's where Derek Moore from last year. Uh, that was the Oklahoma commitment for a long time. That's where he was from. I mean, they played some uh, the Fe- uh, Central and Phoenix City. That's got a bunch of D1 guys. Dismet and St. Louis. I mean, they, they, they played a very real schedule this year. Uh, and Phil, Phil started, had a lot, put up some decent numbers for, you know, I mean, in a lot of these games, they're just running teams out of the stadium. So there were a lot of situations where, you know, he, he might've had four tackles or something, but, um, what I can say, it answered a lot of my questions. I don't think Phil Pachotti is an elite athlete. But if he can play with those guys, he can play. Like I, it, it, I kind of wondered, like, oh, once he gets with the big boys, is he going to be able to run and do the things? Don't get me wrong; he's better tackle to tackle than anything else. But he's not, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a guy, let a guy catch a bit of a stray here, and I apologize in advance. Like Dane Zaslaw, like Dane Zaslaw struggled when he had to get outside the tackles. That's not going to be an issue for Pichotti. He's not going to be as good, but he's a Mike. He's not. You don't want him living out there anyway, so it's going to be okay. Um, Samuel Omasigo, huge talent, huge potential. I thought he really got better as the year went on as I watched more and more of his tape. Um, not the most physical guy yet, but he's so athletic. I mean, this is a guy that, that – probably could have put up a thousand yards as a receiver for Crandall this year and did put up good numbers. I don't know what his final total was, but he, he was, he's that athletic. I mean, he's a very good player. Um, and again, Lewis Carter, you guys are not wrong. I, I could, you know, write paragraph after paragraph about what I like about Lewis Carter. He is, he is a leader just like you're around him for a second. You're like, yep, that's the kind of guy you want. That's a future, you know, captain, future Don Key award kind of guy. Like, I mean, he gets it. He understands what, what the team is trying to accomplish. Like, and, and he will do whatever I, I think, um, you know, 
Eddie was talking about when he watched the video, it kind of reminds me, you know, those old cartoons you would see, and it might be like Bugs Bunny, and he's going through the field, and there's like corn stalks just falling all around him as he goes through and cuts a hole. That's what it looks like when Lewis Carter's like chasing the ball. Like there's just bodies flying away from the ball because he's just running through people. And I said it. <laughs> said it this morning with Eddie, I kind of wish he'd take a little better care of himself. Like, I, I think there's some, there's some Brandon average concern there. Like I want your shoulders to survive for four years, man. Like he plays with some reckless abandon, but I mean, again, like I bet Brent Venables had to watch his tape for three plays and was like, yep, that, that's a guy I want. Like that, that is a Brent Venables dude from beginning to end. I was trying to look over like the offer list to see, you know, where some guys ended up, like uh, I saw that Blackstock stock ended up at uh, Michigan State. Is there anybody that, you know, you kind of saw sign with someone? Um, Did he really? He signed with Michigan State. I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, is there anybody that you think of, you know, throughout the recruiting process where you're just like, I can't believe that he landed at that place, or, you know, maybe a guy that kind of fell that you thought was a better player? There, there's always a little bit of that. I'm going to say if somebody can filler for me for like a second, I'll review and I'll find, I'll think of somebody, but there, like there's a, always like a couple. it to the Aggies did not see it come that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a weird fit. And it is probably largely due to just, you know, Micah, I think Micah was looking for a reason to get out of Arkansas. There's some, I, I There's don't know some weird the shit going on warm feelings between Tulsa and Arkansas are, are where they were a year ago. So that's kind of interesting to follow. It just seems like Arkansas has kind of had like a, a, a – it's almost like they've had an exodus of players. I don't know what's going on there, but it just seems like – I mean – Miles Slusher, Jalen Catalan. Yeah. So, I mean, and then him yeah, to bolt it, to go to A&M. I mean, when he'd been committed for, I mean, like eight months or something like that. Well, how about our guy Shane Beamer stealing one from, from Miami at the end with Reed McKeska, the tight end that Oklahoma yes. was was after for a while, and uh, ends up at South Carolina with with Shane. That's a pretty, that's a nice little win for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just kind of looking at like Brandon Ennis did sign with Ohio. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys. I mean, you talk about a school that's in the playoff that. Their fans are not happy with where things are. It's it's Ohio State. They're oh, they want to run his ass no out of town. Damn. They want to they want to run Ryan Day completely out of Columbus. <laughs> like they they actually uh, want to fire him. I mean, he could get he could legitimately he he could have two losses this year and get blown out in both of them, and be no guys no nowhere closer that, to the national title. Ryan Day is going to get fired, and they're going to hire Urban back, aren't they? <laughs> no, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> well. well it, it's it's very much the Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma energy, yes, I was about to where say you're that. just yep. like you're not solving your problems. Like now they were better defensively, but their offense still every time they run into a physical team offensively, they don't look right. They look like they can't establish anything, and you know that's fine to have all the. Again, I mean, he signed two five stars this year. Guess what position they're at? They're wide receivers. You don't need more five-star receivers. Spend more time recruiting offensive linemen. Yeah, and that's why Michigan's better than them because the, I mean Michigan won the Joe Moore two two years in a row now, and that yep. I mean that was the difference in that game. 
Yeah, and they went with, out and got the center from one uh, truly Stanford, right? great lineman and four guys that Ohio State wouldn't even have sniffed in recruiting. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I'm just continuing to look down the list, but nobody really stands out to me. I'm sure there are to you because you're much more into this. But what about uh, Matt Rule? What What you guys think of what? I mean, not a big class. But he made some waves in, in just he individual got Coleman, guys. Got Coleman yeah. to stay. I I think just the fact that he was able to what he was able to do in such little time and buy into a program that is you know for the most part been dead for the last ten fifteen years is kind of amazing. But it's not surprising because I think the world of Matt Rule as a football coach. Like I don't I'm not gonna sit here and uh, you know say that he, I don't think he's very good because of what happened at Carolina. And I'm here. I, I would say if Cade McIntyre was a 2024 prospect, I think he's a Husker because I, I think I Matt is going that, to attack that. And he's going to attack that state. I I think I would wholeheartedly yep. agree with that. And did you think that kind of Deion Sanders? I mean, the, the it wasn't a as big a splash maybe as you thought it might be for him on signing day. I think it's going to be one of. The, I mean, let's let's pause. I, that's one that I would say, let's pause and see where that's he's at. He's going to go transfer nuts. I think he is. And obviously got tra- uh, Travis Hunter last night. I think he's yeah. going to end up getting uh, the cornerback uh, uh, from uh, the Cormani McLean. McLean. Yeah. God. And I think that he, that will be a place like, I'm not worried about them recruiting as much as it's going to be the on field. Like, when he's going head to head with some of the better coaches in the country, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just. I'm, just, I'm, I'm curious what there. his mode of attack will be in mid January. We know Brent is going to attack the film room and find under the radar guys and try to, whatever holes he thinks he still needs to plug. He's going to find them. What kind of film room addict, you know, activity is Dion going to show when you're looking to try to unearth some guys for that February signing period? Well, and the other, the other thing that stands out to me about signing day, it, it, maybe it's because I work with a recent OSU grad uh, up at my station, but people are sick of seeing the recruiting ranking number behind next to Mike Gundy's name. Well, I mean, Oklahoma State should never have a class in the mid-50s. No. Where, with where they're at right now as a program. Like ninth in the conference? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a little ridiculous in a way. I mean, not just behind Kansas State and Iowa State, but way behind. Yeah. And I think that this year is a little bit different because of the numbers, right? Because they took a very, very small class. But the the basis of the argument is correct. Like, they should never be that far. Well, and and their average star rating is below three. Like, that's got nothing to do with quantity. I mean, if anything, your quality should be better because you're signing a smaller class. And I, I know people say, oh, you know, he's done this forever and you guys just watch and. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's going to be some good players that were overlooked. There, there's no question he has a good eye for this kind of stuff. At the same time, pretending that he's usually in the very bottom of the Big 12, that's not true. It's just not. And people trying to, you know, kind of like, oh, well, that justifies it. No, it doesn't. Like, you need to be better. There, there's a reason that every time Oklahoma State gets right to the edge, they can't quite go over it. Last year, they signed 20, so three more players. They have the number 22 class in the country. Like That is where Oklahoma, Oklahoma State should have a top 25 class every stinking year. Right. There's no reason. Not, with the facilities that they have. And, yep. 
I know Pat Jones got mad at me and said, you know, it's an outpost, but there's lots of places that are outposts that recruit well. I mean, Kansas yeah. State's not exactly easy to get to or, you know, it's a decent enough town. <laughs> I don't want to shit on the town. Do you know who was in front of him last year? Arizona. That's Tucson. Do you know how far that is away <laughs> from mean, anything? UTSA out-recruited OSU. They're higher in the rivals' rankings than OSU is. That's a, that's your problem right there. Now, they have answered some problems through the portal. They've done a They've little bit more than, than Mike Gundy sure. probably would like lead you to believe that they were going to. But they still got to find a quarterback. Which you know, I, it, yeah, they it sounds lost like, their quarterback. That's a bigger problem. No matter who many how many people you bring in, you lost a four year starter at quarterback. Yeah, and I I think just look at you know what happened in Norman. You need a quarterback. You need a really good quarterback to have a really good success in college football. There's no doubt about that. And then, and uh, I like some of what Texas or from what Oklahoma State signed, like the Jacoby Sanders kid from Stillwater. I think I bet good. you money he's a three-year starter for them. I agree, he's a Josh. good player. And then Don um, Richardson is chasing the JT Daniels Award for most schools played at. Uh, but he's staying in a single right conference now, Dominic here. Richardson, yeah. Yeah, Dominic he's, Richardson he's at Baylor not, is going to be nice. He, he played at three different schools in the Big 12. JT Daniels went from the West Coast to Georgia. I guess to West Dom Virginia. never technically got to TCU, though, right? Right, yeah. So, was, uh, I mean, it, but it's still, I mean, it's not three schools in one day them, like yeah. Peyton Bowen, but. He signed <laughs> with them and they let him out. Yeah. Of the, the, yeah, he got screwed, but. Yeah, they basically said, yeah, we, we don't, we got somebody better. That was over Zach Evans, wasn't it? Yeah. I believe so. Is that right? Yeah. That that is that is correct. Same yeah, that class. was the whole yep. thing with mm-hmm. with Zach. Um, and and where does Zach end up? Ole Miss, which kind of went with this whole hey, we're going to replenish in the portal, we're going to live in the portal, and that looked good for a while, and then the wheels came off. Sure. Like it, it's hard to build build continuity and build a team when it's just a bunch of guys coming in from time to time. Like I mean. The, you know, pro- our, the problem is the problem Texas is state tried to do it the, and it didn't go well. The problem yeah. is Josh, uh, everybody looks at the portal and they think the portal is Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. That's not really what the portal yep. is. That was free agency. The portal is not producing standouts. I mean, Spencer, we talked about this last, last on Tuesday, whatever, like Spencer Sanders is one of the best players that's ever been in the portal since the portal has been a thing. Yep. Like they're not just studs. People are leaving these schools for a reason because maybe they're good and they want more exposure. Like that's the that's the best player you're going to get. But a lot of times you're it's guys in a portal that weren't playing. I mean, there's not a like Theo Weiss. He's a pretty good portal guy, like in comparison to everybody else. But everybody outside of Oklahoma, they don't know much about Theo Weiss. They haven't seen much production from him on on game days in college football. Guys. I think what we're seeing is there are positions where you can get better in the portal. Defensive back, you can get better in the portal. Wide receiver, you can get better in the portal. If you're trying to fix your offensive line, you're trying to fix your defensive line, Good luck. that's, man, that's really hard to do. Yeah, how many, how many, we, we talked about this, like uh, Bo Nix, probably the best, you know, major, you know, multi-year starter. Like quarterback is not it's not great in the portal because if you're worth a There's shit a reason, as a quarterback, yeah. you're gonna stay at the school that you're you're at. Yeah, so Nick's and yep. Jaden Daniels, you know, just that's 
exception to the rule. And what didn't Daniels announce he's he's coming back? Coming back. Yeah, which yep. is interesting. Both of those guys are going back to school. Which maybe tells well, you that well they've got their draft grades by now, so they know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people a lot of quarterbacks. Maybe that's better money. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a very good point, Josh. I think I and guys, I think you're gonna see more stuff like that where guys say, Okay, I can come back, probably make what, a million? I mean, close to it. Uh, at some of it's at, at certain schools. I can come back, do that. Or I can go to the NFL and hold a clipboard, make maybe half of that, and then I'm in the same draft spot anyway in a year's time, and I'm I'm half a million richer. Like, I and I, and I got to play another year, like and be the guy kind of thing. Like I, that to me makes all the sense in the world. And the thing, I, the one thing I will say, I'm super glad for is that we didn't see Drake May do anything. Like that would have been like okay, now it's like sleazy, Caleb yeah. Williams. At least there was a reason, you know, he followed his mm-hmm. coach. Okay, OU fans can feel however they want about that. But there's cause. Like, you understand that. Drake May would have just been, like, just going for the money. And that kid's a North Carolina, like, his his blood Legacy. is pretty much, yeah. you know, Carolina blue. So um, that would have been really hard to stomach and kind of – and probably would have made me rethink some of the stances I've taken with people like, NIL is going to ruin football, that kind of stuff. I'm like, eh, maybe you were right. But um, I, 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 like I said, I think you're going to find guys like this hanging around and coming back, and you know, and it's an interesting choice because this year's quarterback class is kind of soft after the very, you know, those top two or three guys, and then next year could be just stacked. There, there could be a lot of guys to be found. And then in 25, it's the, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on what happens here in the state of Oklahoma, just with all the guys that. Uh, okay preps is going to have to offer it is that is that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch Oklahoma maneuver through um and and it's funny because it depends on who you talk to like I'll talk to certain people like oh that guy's not that great and then you know I'll talk to somebody else like oh that that guy's the man um but there are four legitimate power five quarterbacks in that class. You've got Ficklin at Muskogee. You've got Grady Adamson at Deer Creek. You've got McComb at Edmund Memorial. And then of course, um, Oh God, the most famous of all at, at union, um, shaker. Oh, shake shaker. Yeah. Shaker rising. Sorry, shaker. Um, just, I mean, that is, you know, and three of those four have power five offers already. So, uh, the Ficklin kid is going to be really interesting to follow super explosive athlete. Like you kind of wonder, you know, I wonder what a, um, like if like Gus Malzahn, you know, like, Oh, we're going to the big 12. We're going to, we're going to come, we'll come to your state a couple times, you know, during your career, that kind of thing. Like, does he come and recruit a guy like that? Cause he is a lethal dude with his feet and is a much better passer than people think he is. By the way, I have some exciting news for you guys. Listeners as well. I just sent an email today to uh, Dead Soxy with a graphic. They're getting ready to make uh, unofficial 40 socks for us. Beautiful. What? Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Just like the, uh, I sent them the, the logo that we use on the uh, retro visor, the, uh, the helmet U40. It's going to be sweet. Going to have that all over socks. That's going to be pretty gonna be cool. awesome. So uh, go to deadsoxy.com. Uh, you can use your promo code SCOOP. You get 25% off uh, on all your orders. Uh, and that's, that SCOOP deal is always the best deal. So if you see uh, 
that they've got uh, more than 25% off or maybe free shipping, uh, you're going to get that with your Scoop promo code. Uh, it's just a fantastic company. No-show socks, dress socks, team colorways. Uh, you can get the bundles. Uh, and just go check out their website, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, decide what you want, make your order, use that promo code SCOOP, and you will get 25% off your entire order. So whether it's the boardrooms, the no-shows, uh, the team colorways, uh, they, and like I said, going to have some unofficial 40 socks coming soon, and uh, they are working on getting their new uh, uh, Sooner line out there as well. So uh, go check them out, deadsoxy.com, promo code SCOOP, 25% off, and as always, stay soxy. Well, the only thing disappointing for me is that we wake up past signing day and there are no uh, 2024 commitments on the uh, rivals commitment list. But I was thinking about that. And I think with the transfer portal, do you think that that schools are going to cut back on taking early commitments like that moving forward, Josh? Or does it not matter at all? Or have you muted yourself? again? This guy. He's muted. This guy. I did it again. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I'm always so leery after all the, you know, and I'll tell you what it is. It's not the noise. I'm afraid I'm going to breathe into the microphone too much. So I'm like, okay, I'll just mute myself. I don't have to worry about You're it. Taking bong and I don't know why I can't, uh, you know, let's, <laughs> I don't know anything about those sort of things, Eddie. Um, but what, what I can say is I don't think at a place like Oklahoma, you'll see that very much because, those schools, they don't want to build that way. They want to fill in little pieces here and there. And any guy you're going to take this early, I mean, you're talking about a David Stone kind of dude. You're talking about no Danny Okoye's, um, just monsters, guys that you absolutely know you want. Doesn't matter really what happens from here to signing day. Those are guys you're going to want in your class. Or so quarterbacks. I don't think they're – yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, my um, – TCU got their quarterback today, Marcos Davila, a really, really good player that um, can't remember if he can't. I saw him at several camps last year. I'm he trying camped to remember at if he OU. OU. I think he did. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. that's right. But, but I always, that's what I love about Bob here. Bob can always, like I have flickers of memory and Bob actually remembers. Um, it may be something to do with those bong rips that Eddie was talking about. But um, no, it is... Uh, but I mean, like schools, like Oklahoma State, I could see them doing that. You know, having some, because they they're not going to get early on. They're not going to get the David Stones from day one. Like they're going to get that. You know, their their guys are going to have a couple of four stars usually, unlike this year, that they're going to kind of sneak in on and get late and that kind of stuff, and hopefully have a top twenty five class. That's going to be their plan, and then you know fill what they need in the portal. But I would be surprised if anybody's turning away good high school talent at, at that point in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's another example of you know kind of how the portal works and how people are going to build for the future. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you get the studs, you take them no matter what. It's it's a no no brainer, guys. So, uh, all right, uh, you know. The bowl game's coming up. The guys are going to be leaving Christmas evening. Eddie and Bob uh, want to wish everybody out there a merry, merry Christmas, uh, happy New Year, and uh, happy Hanukkah, if that's uh, uh, what you celebrate. And uh, appreciate everybody uh, listening, and the numbers continue to climb and grow. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. I know it just seems like podcasts are getting more and more mainstream. Uh, I know Josh listens to like 50 of them now. 
but you know the numbers grow. We appreciate all you new guys that are out there. Remember, we do this for Soonerscoop.com. We we would like you to subscribe to the website. Um, you know, be a part of our community, uh, and uh, we continue to grow there as well. So can't thank you guys enough for just being a part of this and listening and uh, you know buying the merch and all that. So. Uh, you guys have made uh, our lives infinitely better just by being a part of this, and uh, we're glad that we can uh, come on here every week and just give you a glimpse into uh, uh, OU football and recruiting and all that. So appreciate you guys. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. And, uh, guys, anything else you guys want to get out there before we uh, take off? No, I, I don't think so. It You know, again, I, I think that the way that things ended up, it actually ended up pretty damn well for Oklahoma, obviously. But, uh, you know, doing it, the way that it did, it's almost like a, a kind of an added exclamation point to the type of recruiting class that this is and a foundation for kind of what the program needs and wants to be here moving forward under Brent Venables. I think it, you know, it, it maybe just kind of calmed everybody down a little bit that not only were, and this goes back, you know, a couple weeks and maybe even a couple months, just as far as they were able to hold this thing together. They, there was a lot of belief in what is going on right now in Norman and, you know, they're obviously going to have to fix it on the field. It, none of this is going to matter if you lay out another six and six and you watch the way that uh, the season unfolded, if that happens again. But I don't think that it's going to be the case, you know, and in, uh, into the future. It, it seems like this is, uh, you know, kind of a rallying point and maybe they can build off of this, you know, outside of what happens on the 29th next week. Well, and to that end, uh, 26 will be, you know, you guys will get there the evening of Christmas. 26, they'll have the press conferences. So there'll be content flowing uh, from, oh, yeah. from the 26 on until uh, after the game. So you want to stay tuned into Soonerscoop.com and, uh, you know, uh, basketball taking a little bit of a step, but, uh, uh, you know, with their win over Florida. And that was their, that was the women, right? The women. Gave Florida only their second loss of the season or something like that. Beat the shit out they of them did. last and night. Killed them. Yeah. And really Murdered. good win for uh, the oh, you bass the men's team on uh, Tuesday night. That was that was a really as long really as nice Florida win. turns it around because they're seven and five. Sure. Technically, OU's you know, you know they're nine and three. Florida's seven and five. You think the Gators can get it going, but if if they don't get it going, then that win's not going to mean anything. Yeah, they were an underdog though, and it paid off on the money line, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> they have a week off. They'll start big Big 12 play New Year's Eve afternoon against Texas at Lloyd Noble. So looking forward to that. It's going to be madness in the Big 12 this year. Just so many good teams. So uh, all kinds of stuff to come, but that bowl coverage coming up on the 26th. Uh, and again, everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, a Happy New Year, and we'll be back again uh, next week from uh, Orlando. At least the guys will be in Orlando uh, as we get you ready for the – Cheese it Bowl. Um, trash crackers. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Uh, we'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.